recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. David Gloyd, co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, a comic book store in West Bend, Wisconsin, and your host for Under the Cowl. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We do appreciate our listeners, all one or two of you. <laughs> you know, I bet uh, I bet like every radio program and podcast in the world probably makes jokes similar to that but it's actually true with us. So I won't give away what we're eating. I'll wait until we kick in with the uh, the regular part of the episode. But this is what was normally a pizza Wednesday, but we decided to change it up a little bit, so we went with something else. We talked about that for a good long while, actually, giving sort of a food review. And by we, I mean myself and Tony. Uh, or Anthony, or Meatball, or whatever we decide to call him on that particular episode. I never know what he's going by. It's like he's got uh, some sort of a multiple personality disorder or something. Uh, actually, I guess it's just a multiple name disorder. His personality pretty much stays the same. So, yeah, we talk about that. We uh, talk a little bit into the uh, previews catalog and some variant covers, uh, sometimes Marvel will have like a variant cover for a certain month like that all their titles seem to have this variant cover and you'll get a little confused if you're not expecting it and you're looking for your favorite marvel title but you're seeing like uh say the fantastic four on all these different covers or some sort of fantastic four theme so you're going in and you're looking for captain america but you're finding a fantastic four cover where cap's book's supposed to be or a deadpool um might have might be on all the covers so it throws you off if you're not looking for it and they don't always have the names of the titles prominently displayed either so that can cause a little confusion but we talk about that a little bit uh, we talk about why uh, why Anthony missed the previous uh, Crimson Cowl comic club uh, which is something that we do at the store every Saturday afternoon it's open to the public uh, we we have members, but anybody can come in and sit in with us. Uh, 4 p.m. Saturday afternoons, Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles. We just get together and we talk about our favorite comics. We also have that as a podcast, uh, kind of like this one, only it's a little bit more uh, of a regular format. Uh, whereas Under the Cowl tends to be a little bit more... Um, whatever we were feeling at the time. So anyways, I'll jump into it and we'll get into talking about our uh, 
our food that we picked up when Anthony ran to the border. I dug the the updates and the and the accuracy of doing an online order with Taco Bell. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so it, wor- it worked out. Yeah, it worked out real well. You go on the computer, you build an order, you choose a location. You know, all this technology that was just invented, I think, this year. I don't think this any of this strange technology has existed prior to me trying it. Was it, it was a pretty straightforward, easy-to-use system, or is it something we'd have to, like, take, like, 20 minutes to... <sighs> To walk through and talk about it. Not 20 minutes, probably like 17 or 18 minutes. <laughs> I don't want to sound like my son here, but wait, I'm confused. <laughs> you are. So it's Wednesday. Yes. And we're eating Taco Bell. And Taco Bell is not one of the toppings on a pizza options. Although, Although that's something worth looking into. Yeah, it can do a... Because pizza, pizza Hut... Taco Bell, KFC, they're all pretty much the same thing, right? I think so. Those three. Yeah, they, they've often had, you know, combo locations and things like that. So um, so why not just say, yes, I want Taco Bell as one of my toppings, and then they just put, you know, several tacos. Put mini tacos on a pizza. How about that? Okay, so we get the, uh, the taco. And Not just burrito. any taco, a Doritos Locos taco. As I mentioned before, I I haven't eaten at Taco Bell for a while. Okay. And in the rare cases that I do go, usually I'm in a hurry, so it's just I order some standard thing and go. So I haven't tried a lot of the weird thing. And I know they've been do, doing uh, Dorito stuff for years now. Lots of years, yes. And I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've tried something. Like, uh, um, I think one of the times I was helping somebody move, they picked up Taco Bell and had um, something like that. But typically, yeah, I'm in a hurry. I just get, you know, a couple of burritos, Taco Supremes, or, you know, whatever I'm grabbing and, and going. So, do they, even, do they even have just like the regular standard stuff now, or is it all changed over to like Doritos? It just takes 17 to 18 minutes to order a, a regular taco because they're making sure that you don't want a Doritos taco or a, a Frito burrito. Would you like to Doritoize that? <laughs> do, you, do you get the options on there like you, when you're ordering a pizza? And uh, it'll be like, you know, they'll, they'll throw a couple other options. Are you sure you're done? I think there Would were like a couple things else? if I wanted to add a bunch of extra stuff, but I. Uh, we got to a late start, so I wasn't even going to go through their BS, and I'm just like, just give me the, the nacho fry box. Now, I've had, have you had the nacho fries yet? Um, just now, yes. <laughs> I guess if I had a standard fry or a nacho fry, I would probably just get a nacho fry because you're getting both of them at the same time. Now, are they like Doritos nacho fries? I think just, yeah, I don't think they tacked the Dorito name on there. Because they got kind of that orange, you know, powdery stuff like Doritos. They didn't actually license Dorito for this one, but they just kind of threw the stuff in there anyway. Yeah, they didn't tell them about it, so they haven't checked up on us, right? We can just do whatever. Now, this one is the 
It's a five layer burrito. And uh, <clears throat> normally I'll get a uh, beefy beef potato burrito, I think it's called, beefy potato. I think it's something like that, so. You eat the fries first because they get cold and they're... Colder quicker? Yeah. Not great when they're cold. Not to say that everything else is good cold, but you notice the difference, you know, in a cold fry versus a cold taco. Not like the tacos are especially hot to begin with. Yeah. Unless you get some fiery, fiery volcano, yeah. the volcano taco. And as I showed up, maybe two minutes prior, they said it was going to be 6.45 p.m., that it would be ready. That's when I had selected the time. And then I read that it just says, oh, you just go and wait until they call your name, just like you would if you were normally in there. I wasn't sure if there was a separate window. Apparently, you can choose a drive through pickup, but I'd much rather just do it all in person, and that way if something's wrong, I can just take care of it right there, you know, and not have to, you know, then park the car and then go in and stuff. So I always like to do everything in person. And uh, as I said my name, then they were just boxing it up. So as far as the the coldness and the hotness, it wasn't something that was sitting there. I physically saw them putting the finishing touches on there and then rather than like showing up and then it's been sitting there for five minutes or something, you know, and they put it in the freezer, you know, just to... <laughs> But it just looks like they're pulling the fries out of the uh, the the fryer thing there. It's really a freezer. It's easy to mistake the two. There's a like an eleven year old kid working there. Um, <laughs> I think it was the kid from Little Caesars. Oh, he got a little older now, so he was promoted <laughs> to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Once your age gets into the double digits, uh, <laughs> you got to move on to tacos. I'm wearing a. My 3D Cowboy comic book shirt from the comic book God Hates Astronauts by Ryan Brown. And the kid is just like, hey, I love your shirt. And I'm assuming this is a very independent comic, not very mainstream. I assume he just likes it because it's a, you know, just a giant ghostly figure that's beefed up and got a little cowboy hat on. He's got muscly arms and everything. He he thought it was a cowboy sperm on uh, steroids (laughs) is what he thought. Yeah, it does kind of look like that if you're unfamiliar with uh, the character. And I was about to say, like, oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, it's from this comic called God God Hates Astronauts. It was pretty busy, and I didn't want to, like, just someone overhears me say God Hates Astronauts. And, like, it turns into, like, (laughs) turns into a brawl or something. And somebody's like, what did you say, you know, about astronauts? Astronauts gets up and says, what did you say? (laughs) God loves everybody. And, like, I just figured, you know what? I'm just not going to name drop that. So, guy in a spacesuit gets up and he looks all mean and think you're in trouble. Uh, but he loves cosmonauts, comrade. <laughs> yes, that's a definitely a situation that could happen at uh, West Bend Taco Bell. So it's best to uh, avoid it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm to just avoid West Bend Taco Bell. <laughs> avoid getting into a holy war. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that's what led to the Crusades. <laughs> Classic God, God and Astronauts battle? Yes. That's why it took us so long to get to the moon. <laughs> we landed on the moon? Maybe. And it's up for debate. Depends on who you ask. Being unfamiliar with their current uh, game or whatever they've got going on here. 
I just opened the taco and I thought maybe you got it for free. It's a steel taco. They got the what? Oh. I just opened it up to you. Steel taco. Oh, I didn't even read that. <laughs> the, their promotional thing. It has something to do with some sort of sport type deal. Sports. Is that? It's the one with the orange ball. I know. Cheese balls. Those are orange. It's Dorito ball. That's a new sport at Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, I'd play Dorito ball. It's the flaming hot Dorito ball. <laughs> 2019 Dorito ball. Yeah, so we got the natural fry box, which uh, I don't know if it's an everyday price or if it's a limited deal. I had never gotten these items together in a box deal. I've only gotten like the nacho fry bel grande, which is uh, nacho fries, sour cream, and uh, cheese and beef, and it's all good, good stuff. And uh, but this one includes the uh, five layer burrito, the Doritos Locos tacos, the order of nacho fries, and your uh, selection of drink. All for five bucks. So how long have they had these handy little uh, taco like? Holder thing. That's the first time I've seen them, and I would say the last time I was probably at Taco Bell. Maybe in the last three months I was probably there. So either I ate it too fast and I ate the the, <laughs> the cardboard holder, or uh, they didn't have them. It's funny because I was just thinking this will uh, keep me from making such a big mess that Ethan will have to clean up tomorrow. Ah. And then you saying that reminded me of Ethan, when he was little, with his cupcake experience. His, I remember. His, his first cupcake where <laughs> he didn't, poor little kid, nobody <laughs> told him that you're supposed to remove the wrapper from the cupcake, and he just began eating it. A little extra fiber in his diet. Yeah. While hilarious, but I guess it's understandable if you're a young child. and yeah, You know, it could have been too bad. He just, he was... It's not like he just suddenly like made a, a face, like he ate an yeah. orange peel or something, and just spit it out. <laughs> like, I can see why you guys like these cupcakes. So based on the contents, based on what you're tasting, $5 or five and a quarter to be more exact, do you think it's worth it? Um, yeah, it, it seems reasonable for a $5 meal. It's quick, it's easy, it's handy, comes in a nice box, it's not a bag, and you have to have all these other items. It's got a, got a kind of a well-rounded... Uh, uh, meal, meal. meal between your fries, which is still weird to me that Taco Bell has fries. Granted, they're nacho fries, but they're still fries. Not like they're uh, made from cornmeal. They're made, I suspect, from potatoes. I would assume, yeah. A very popular item that was always like a limited time, and then people got upset when they got rid of them, and then they'd bring them back. So it's one of those that I think they've... Uh, it uh, exceeded their expectations as far as popularity. Yeah, like I said, that uh, Natra Fry Bel Grande is uh, pretty darn good. Honestly, you said Nacho Fries before, and I didn't know what you were talking about. Like, upon hungry? I, I, right. I actually didn't expect fries. I expected it to be some sort of nacho thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Tortilla-based thing, or uh, yeah, but actual French fries is not what you maybe thought it was long, gonna be. you know maybe like uh, like long kind of like, like Fritos or something <laughs> elongated Fritos, which yeah, that's a elongated Fritos. 
That has been said on one of these podcasts before because I wrote that down for a... I got to look at my notes here. Oh, elongated tater tots. Oh, yes. Which is completely different than elongated (laughs) Fritos. Yeah, yeah. But when you put the two together, you get nacho fries. Sure, I guess. And it's pretty bold that they would call it the nacho fry box. Like to take one exclusive item in there, rather than it's like a nacho fry version of this or a nacho fry that, like... Uh, proportionately, I mean, the nacho fries probably took up the least amount of room if you don't include the uh, cheese. And here in Wisconsin, please always include cheese. Or at least cheese product. <laughs> yeah. It's cheese with an asterisk after it, so... Does that contain real cheese? I forget if I talked about on these here or with Kurt off air or something, but uh, DiGiorno used to have the pizza and wings combo. And it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was spelled Wings, like W-Y-N and then had a Z at the end to really show that it's like... <laughs> I think we had that discussion. It's very suspicious. So. so if we talked about that, did we talk about like deep frying a shoe? Have we set, talked about that at all? Because there's a episode of Gilmore Girls. All right. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think we've talked about that. Okay. We'll save that conversation for a, a later episode. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll hold on to that one. I'll try to remind you later. I'm not sure what uh, what the fork did. Did you well, grab this? Was it included? I grabbed it. Um, not sure what. Not sure what was. Not sure. Not sure how the nacho fries were being presented, because in the nacho fry Bel Grande, you eat it with a fork. It's a dish. So, without looking inside, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to grab a fork just in case. No utensils at Taco Bell, because again, it's been a while. It's a fork, and I recall it many years ago. Taco Bell popularized the spork. Okay. Like I knew that that was like their plastic utensil. They had sporks. Do they do they just have your standard fork type options now? Or I know when I got the nacho fry Bel Grande, I did have a spork. So I just saw a black utensil that wasn't a knife or a spoon, and I just grabbed it. So yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just always remember the sporks at Taco Bell. And it seemed like sporks were popular. Everybody talked about sporks. But the only place that I could ever think of where you'd regularly find sporks was Taco Bell. So I just assumed that they're the ones that pop- popularized it. Taco Bell exclusive. Yeah. It's the, the Dorito sport. <laughs> the Baja. <laughs> Everything's Baja. Got a nice little box, just put all your garbage in and real easy to dispose. A little of this sauce on the burrito as well. Now it was interesting, I don't know if they changed up their sauce game or if they were running out, but uh, they had hot, they had some, I don't know if they had fire and like a habanero or, they had three different ones, but the hot is actually the least of the hot ones. Okay, because yeah, it used to be like a... Or, uh, um, a mild or medium and then I think a mild, medium, hot and then fire. fire. So like it almost I don't know if they just 
did away with the other ones, and now hot is their technically they're mild compared to the other the other uh, I forget what the other one was called the on fire, but uh, so flaming hot. Yeah, it's the sparking, it's sparking hot. Now the problem with Taco Bell versus getting pizza is that uh, I'm not going to have half of this for leftovers for tomorrow. Yeah, right? now you got to figure out what you're going to do. Or you're going to start. There's going to be a lot of pauses in this as I'm eating my burrito. <laughs> That'll happen. <clears throat> so what you're saying is I should find something to talk about? Uh, or I'll be editing a lot of pauses. It's great as I didn't hear any of that. So. I'll just edit it out so it'll be a long pause. Ah. So, got the new previews in today here, the uh, Marvel DC and the giant catalog here at the store, items coming out in October and beyond. I noticed, uh, and I'm assuming this is the month that it's going to be, because uh, a lot of times they'll put the, the items online for like a week prior until the paper ones show up at the store. I usually wait to look at it until I physically have it in hand. It's a lot easier just to kind of look at the details and everything rather than just sitting at a computer screen not knowing how many more pages you got to go. And Now, I believe, yep, Mary Jane, the amazing Mary Jane, is getting her ongoing series. And while I am intrigued to check it out just because that's what I do, um, there's one thing that much like when Marvel celebrates a certain month, like a year ago, we had the Fantastic Four were like shown on all all the series covers. So there are Mary Jane variants throughout the Marvel Universe. And I have one saved as my wallpaper right now that uh, is a tie-in with uh, a favorite character of mine known as the Silver Surfer. And... While she is not, for those that don't know, she doesn't tie into the actual story. She's there as a variant cover to get, you know, people like me to buy multiple covers of things. But so if you're a Mary Jane completist, you're going to probably buy tons of books in Marvel to get all these cool looking covers where normally you wouldn't see her. And as uh, Kurt puts in the orders, he uh, does like to put variants on the rack. So I'm sure that our... Marvel section will look like a Mary Jane section. Yeah, see. You're like, yeah, we have the independence over here, here's the DC shelf, and then here's everything from MJ Comics. Oh, is that a new publisher? Um, and even though it doesn't matter to the people listening because they can't see the image I'm trying to find, uh, it's hard to tell where some of these characters are. Uh, I guess he's under Marvel Heroes. Sometimes it's in alphabetical order, sometimes it's not, and subcategorized, and I'm just trying to find the Silver Surfer one to see if they have the picture of it in the in the book here, but I'm going to have to, oh, here it is. So Silver Surfer Black, number five, in the final issue of this miniseries, um, there is a Mary Jane variant cover by David Nakama, Nak, Nakayama, and it's on... Uh, Silver Surfer and uh, Mary Jane, what I think is her own separate 
surfboard that she has with silver silver shoes on. She like, looks like she's uh, surfing to the disco. <laughs> she's got some uh, silver heels on, and uh, it's two characters that I never thought I would see like in the same panel, let alone on a cover together. But thanks to Mary Jane Month <laughs> coming this October, as long as I don't, you know, it, it's it's possible that maybe you guys have to order like a hundred of them to get one of them or something, you know, hundred standard covers. Yep. All all the local potheads will be lined up at the door. I heard it was Mary Jane Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think they would have done that? You guys just have Mary Jane everywhere. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I was just going to look on the diamond thing, but if it's recording, I don't want to mess anything up. Yeah. So I was going to see if uh, if this is something I'm going to have to seek out on eBay, because sometimes there'll be a cover I can buy for like 10 bucks on eBay or something, opposed to you guys buying 10 copies of Silver Surfer Black number 5 just to get one copy of this variant. So. Yeah, but this one might be like a um, get one for every, you know, like must have 150% of Anthony's pull list ordered yep. this month. There's a pretty cool one from J. Scott Campbell for Fantastic Four number 15. As uh, She's wearing some sort of spider suit thing and uh, basically a Fantastic Four costume, but with Spider-Man as the logo opposed to having like a Fantastic Four logo. And she's cruising around in the fantastic car rather than it's not like her in a, like a spider-man uniform or yeah. like not a bad costume it works who's that superhero oh i think that's spider fan <laughs> don't forget the hyphen in spider fan uh, the fantastic spider fan oh that's awesome oh and it's all red art hold on what am i looking at here oh wait spider-man full circle Nice. Okay, so Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle number one. It's probably a one-shot. Looks like it's a bunch of uh, separate stories, tons of awesome creators all across the board. But what caught my eyes is that Nick Spencer, Michael Allred, and Laura Allred, there's an interior page here (laughs) of the classic, you know, uh, um, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot pose of Peter seeing MJ for the first time at the door, or however that was. But it's her as like what a some kind of she wolf type of yeah, but a red she wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it, what it is. So yeah, I didn't see much about what that actual issue is, but seeing that my favorite artist is. Uh, that panel alone was pretty cool, so I may have to uh, scoop that up. Well, obviously, this uh, full circle has something to do with werewolves because there's a few of them on the cover. Okay. Yeah, I'm at, at first I'm thinking, okay, that looks like it would just be a variant cover. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's actually a panel from the story that has something to do with Spider-Man and... Werewolves. I, I figured that the Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle would be like, I don't know, he uh, saves Uncle Ben or uh, 
something connecting to his origin or something like that, you know, thinking full circle, but instead maybe they didn't they just didn't want to call it Spider Man full moon. <laughs> yeah, I gotta Which get those. It seems like variants. it might have been a more accurate uh title. Again, I, I haven't read what this is even about, but then the art changes because this panel looks like it's from a completely different book where you got uh, Spidey in the black suit and Spider Ham. So maybe some kind of anthology and, thing or something. And, and they look like they're floating through space following some sort of a shuttle or something possibly back into back to Earth. Or, I, I, I don't know. Maybe to, order to the to moon. Maybe out. they're going to the moon. Sounds like you may need to order it to find out. Or I'm ordering it, and then I'll just tell you. Because <laughs> once I see the all reds on there, and I'm like, all right, I got to get a piece of that. So I'm sure we'll uh, talk about this again someday, and then we'll come full circle. Ah, I see what you did there. Or because this is a podcast, hey, I hear or, what you did there. Yeah. If you happen to uh, go onto YouTube and you see. A comedian, Melissa Villasenor, in your like related searches or your uh, like popular recommended videos or something. Uh, she's a comedian from SNL that I'm seeing this coming weekend at the time of this recording. And I was showing Kurt some videos that uh, she's seeing did. like you're going to her show or seeing like you've got a date. Both. Um, <laughs> you um, have a date to see her at her show. With her, yeah. I'm gonna go with a date and then I'm gonna dump that date for her. And then I'm going to be on SNL hosting the season premiere. So, uh, and by the time this episode <laughs> is uh, is posted, then uh, that may or may not have happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your host, Anthony Latch, musical guest, Weird Al Yankovic. Speaking of which, yeah. So you you skipped Saturday. You didn't come to the store. You didn't participate in the club. No. Nope. And that, you know, that club-related podcast that we do and stuff like that. Because, what, you went to see Weird Al for, like, the 50th time? It was the 20th time. I'm not insane. Well, that's <laughs> practically 50. <laughs> um, yeah, for the 20th time in concert since my first one was July 20th, 1996. Sounds like an advertisement for the concert. For the 20th time in concert. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. See him this Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, so Weird Al is my 20th concert of his. It all started in Waukesha, July 20th, 1996, the Bad Hair Tour. And uh, every time he comes to Wisconsin or Illinois, I'll, uh, I'll sometimes double, sometimes triple up. I saw him three times in a month one time, thanks to his locations and was able to see him in like Milwaukee, Green Bay, and I think Chicago. Um, I saw him <laughs> Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> and then finally he got loose. <laughs> and just funny because two of those were back to back nights, so I, I did kind of stalk him for you know two nights. Uh, but yeah, this time, unlike his tour last year where he wasn't playing any of the parodies, no costumes, no jumbotron. Uh, he was only playing the deep cut original songs that after, you know, 30 plus years, he, uh, doesn't really have time in the set list to play these deep cut songs like Attack of the Alien and Hamsters from the planet near Mars, radioactive hamsters from a planet near Mars. 
songs like that don't fit it into the playlist when you've got you know 14 albums of you know at least 14 singles plus a bunch of other songs there so last year's tour was awesome every single stop i saw them twice then every single stop was a different show they did a different set list because they got to since they didn't have to queue it up with a video or a costume change, they basically just got to wing it and just kind of play whatever they were in the mood for. And so he went from, and that was very successful. He sold out tons of them. They added a bunch of shows and he says like everyone really, really loved it. And, you know, he hopes that he can do that kind of tour again, which for diehard Weird Al fans, like if you were like a, a YouTube Weird Al fan, you probably are waiting for all these songs and then all of a sudden you'd never hear them because he's singing all these things that he did back in like the eighties and stuff like that. And so only for the hardcore people, even though it's enjoyable for everybody, but he, he was very upfront with letting people know that if you were coming to see me in the fat suit, you know, he's like, you're not going to see it. And I, I want people to know that ahead of time. As he gets up there and you're like, well, that guy's not even weird at all. He's just... Yeah. It's actually pretty normal. <laughs> normal, Al. Um, normal. And uh, I'm sure that joke's probably been used before. I'm not probably the first yeah. person to come up with... Probably by his parents first. Why can't you yeah. just be normal? <laughs> there was a old, I was watching an old like interview with him and somebody asked like where he got the nickname Weird and he was talking about how... You know, people started calling that, like, back in school. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know why people call me that. Al. <laughs> um, so this year, he did the opposite of what he did last year. And now he did his biggest production that he's ever done in his tours by being backed by each city's local orchestra. So at this one, at the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, whatever name official that they have there's a 41 piece orchestra that opened up the show and they played uh just orchestra only tracks of uh indiana jones mission impossible um the 1978 superman theme john williams superman uh so magical here and all that and then as they said they had one more before al was going to come on and then i was just like well they got to play star wars and i'm just like what other, like, they're, you know, obviously following movie yes. genre-specific things, you know, regardless if Weird Al has written a song about it, but I'm like, they have to do Star Wars, so of course they did Star Wars as their fourth and final selection. So the first 15 minutes or so, 15, 20, were, uh, was them showcasing their skills, and it was pretty cool to see. I've always wanted to go to those kind of in-person concerts of the... You know, if they do like the Harry Potter music or, you know, they've done the Star Wars ones. I think there's a Game of Thrones one going on right now where you just, you know, just I don't know if they play scenes in the background or what they do. But it's they did that in Hollywood with E.T. where they had a live scoring. They had a live alien. (laughs) Yeah. They had stormed Area 51. They found an alien. Um but they did that where everybody watched E.T., but all the music was replaced by them actually playing it there in person. And uh, so that was kind of the closest I got to that. So after they did their songs, then Weird Al came out. They stayed out there, and they played throughout the entire uh, entire show. And one of the coolest things, like, it was cool to have that experience to hear his songs. They weren't, like, altered. Like, he, he had a couple, like, 
slowed down jazz type of he didn't switch too much too many things up but uh one of the coolest things he was he was really working it up that he said that there's one song they're going to play next that they've never done live on any of the tours they felt that you know this song couldn't do justice without a 41 piece orchestra orchestra behind him and he's really amping this up and it's just really and i'm thinking i'm like all right what kind of joke is he setting up here what song another one rides the bus yeah and uh (laughs) even better than that um so he was setting that up and then he goes so here we go for the first time ever on tour they cut into it and it was the very i think it's an 18 second song but uh the theme song for harvey the wonder hamster (laughs) and it was it was a hilarious and then it was b that it was just done at such the highest production with that orchestra and they all got together they dropped their you know the weird owls band didn't have their instruments and they all just you know stood up there and sang it and uh, they had some backup singers and stuff but the orchestra just really crushing it and it was it's like if harvey the one wonder hamster <laughs> got his own movie yeah yeah which should happen yeah, if I not his own might. comic series he, he should get a comic series crossover with the weasel man so probably in order to top these last two (laughs) tours that he's done he's gonna have to really change it up so i'm thinking next year he'll go out on tour and get up on stage and just not perform anything and that would probably still be hilarious (laughs) (laughs) maybe not so much for the first time weird al concert goers but if it was my 21st weird al concert i would accept it because i'm like hey I haven't seen this. Especially seen if he set it up by explaining, <laughs> well, you know, I, I did this tour, you know, where I went and I just stripped everything down. And then I did this tour where I had the orchestra. So this year I'm really changing it up. And, uh, well, here we go. They're all going to be... And then he just, like, stands there and does nothing. They're all going to be spoken word poems. Like, <laughs> no music. It's just going to end. It's going to be, like, William Shatner doing... <laughs> doing Rock Weird Al. It'd be, uh... I was just trying to think of some Your lyrics. Your butt is wide. See, uh, that's how I was trying to think of like what lyrics well, I know without singing. Minus them. two. <laughs> That'd actually be pretty awesome. <laughs> I, <laughs> and he could even dress up as William Shatner. <laughs> see, because he could do even even smaller venues by just doing coffee house locations. Because location, hold on, locations. <laughs> I was had trouble saying that word. Because um, when he did last year's tour. It was smaller venues than his normal, like arenas and theaters and things like that, and it really kind of captured the vibe of the of the type of production he put on. So that one, he'd definitely have to just get up at you know at the coffee shop and uh, crammed in the corner of Starbucks or something. So either that or performing everything as a uh, barbershop quartet. Oh, that would be awesome as well. That that would seem actually pretty fitting for him, actually. Yeah. A Hawaiian striped barbershop suit. Although I don't know who the other three guys would be. But. Well, he's got, uh, so he's got uh, Jay West, or yeah, Jay West, uh, Steve J. Jim West, Steve J. That's where I was getting. Um, John Bermuda Schwartz. He's got a couple band members in there. So he's got a couple people. They do, you know, play guitar, drum, piano, and all that stuff, but they do some backup vocals as well. But uh, it seems like Weird Al should go to each city find three celebrities from 
you know, from the area that he knows or people that want to go on tour. So he gets like a, well, Dr. Demento could be in one. Does he sing? Or is he just a radio? I forget. If he's Let's find out. A DJ or if he's, yeah. Who knows? Get Justin Timberlake in a while. But yeah, the, uh, the one thing, no, my favorite song of his is The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Back in 96, he had played that song in my first concert I saw of his. And then 19 years would pass and I would never hear him play it again. Because it's like a seven-minute song. It's not a parody hit, blah, blah, blah. And last year when he wasn't doing parodies, I'm like, hey, I'm crossing the fingers that he'll play it. And he played it at one of them. And of course, live, it was 10 minutes long. Exactly. And yeah, because he did have a, quite a bit of an intro. Cause, uh, well, well, a lot of live performances get the extended yep. you know, uh, treatment. Because yeah, he, he did have a really, really long intro. So he then played it uh, this year too at the, it was... I think it was his first song outside of his first, you know, intro song when he like just came out and introduced the crowd, and then he started started the set list, and uh, he set it up by saying, you know, Wisconsin's known for. Well, first he said it's great to be back in his hometown or home state of Wisconsin, which isn't true, and I assume he says that uh, he hadn't said that in the previous tours, from what I understand, but I assume he says that for every city this year. Because everyone was kind of laughing. I'm like, he's not from Wisconsin. What a weird guy. Yeah. Um, Ow. <laughs> can't trust a word he says. But he uh, he was amping it up by saying he's like, he's like, I got my next song here, you know, you know, Wisconsin has, you know, the biggest ball, of, not the biggest ball of twine, but they've got, I think it's the 34th biggest ball of twine. And he goes, but, uh, but I'm going to sing this one about the biggest ball of twine, which is in Minnesota. So he had like a one, two minute intro to kind of like set up the story. But like once they played that first note as he, as he was explaining, you know, setting up the song, I'm just like, I knew that here was the song, you know, here's biggest ball of twine. And, uh, which led me to the next, uh, the reason I brought it up. So before winter, I'm thinking about making the trip to Minnesota and visit the ball, ball of twine, which I did some research and I see it's like five ish hours away from here. Now, now is it actually the biggest ball of twine or is it just the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota? See that question was answered last year when he sang it. And he said, he goes, it's not even the biggest ball of twine in America. It's the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, there could be, you know, it's bigger than Wisconsin because there's the 34th, you know. Well, I guess he doesn't give a number to, well, it's got to be. It's got to it's be number one then for Minnesota. Anyways. We're still not sure who has the biggest <laughs> ball of yarn. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other but yeah, the uh, I decided to look it up, and I do have some friends in Minnesota, and uh, they said that uh, city is about an hour west of them, and they're like, so you pretty much do have to stop by us on your way there, you know. Um, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Detour. Um, but what's cool is that I'm thinking about doing this road trip, and in the song, there's a lot of things where the family loads up the car with items for the road trip. I'm like, well, if I do this, I'm going to have to like 
I want to get those items and experience it. Take pictures. Actually packing up those specific items. Yeah, take pictures on the road and do all that stuff. Because uh, he talks about, you know, the very next day we loaded up the car with potato skins and pickled wieners. Uh, <laughs> crossword puzzles, Spider-Man comics. I don't know where I'm going to get Spider-Man comics, so. Mm. <clears throat> That's going to be the hardest one. You pickled know, wieners? I, I, of course. I felt like I knew a place that had <laughs> Spider-Man comics. I'll get back to you. Yeah, pickled wieners, check, easy. But uh, Spider-Man comics and Mama's homemade rhubarb pie. Um, so I'm going to tell my mom to make rhubarb pie. Hey, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a bunch of things in there, and then he talks about cracking a beer as he's looking at the uh, the twine ball. Um, so I'll either have to uh, check the rules and see if there's alcohol on the premises or just do that kind of off to the side and, uh, you know, do what I need to do. But... Uh, um, I'm hoping that there's a gift shop like they see things in a song because uh, they were selling some souvenir miniature ball of twines and uh, I hope I mean it sounds like it's a lyric for a song but who knows but, if but there's there even a be. gift shop so. there didn't used to actually be but now there is and they yeah. actually just sell Weird Al merchandise <laughs> that'd be alright too because then he said you know that uh, he grabbed a couple postcards reading from the twine balls knowing that the folks at home would be jealous um, so I don't know if any of this extra stuff exists, but I've seen pictures of it and it's in some weird, like glass, like gazebo, gazebo type of enclosure. Yeah. I guess too many gets, people were, you know, trying to take pieces of the twine, which reduced the size. Yeah. And in the song he goes, we walked up beside, we parked a car. Hold on here. We walked up beside and I warned the kids and I better not touch it. Those ropes are there for a reason. But I said, um, if you're good, I'll tie it to the back of our car and we could take it home. But I was only teasing. Then it would be the longest piece of twine yeah. unraveled in Minnesota. But yeah, it seems like a very useless trip to anybody else. But I think it would be a, a very weird trip for me since my initials are Alsa. I told you uh, I had a friend who wanted to uh, do a documentary kind of recreating the uh, uh, trip from National Lampoon's That's Vacation. Great right. um, movie. You know, so he, he thought it would be great to do it and then release that uh, when they did the reboot slash sequel yeah. type deal. The reboot? Of course, yeah, that, that ship has sailed. But... Um, but instead, you could do a documentary uh, focused on the recreation of the trip to see the, song for the uh, biggest bulk twine in Minnesota. Now, I'm going to have to get these things made or buy, uh, buy things online. But uh, now, the kids tried to see out of the back of the window, but the car was completely covered with the decals from all the places that they've already been. Uh, like the Elvis-Arama, the Tupperware Museum, the Bow Wheel Monument, Cranberry World, the Shuffle, Shuffleboard Hall of Fame, the Poodle Dog Rock, and the Mecca of Abinal Squirrels. They've been to ghost towns, theme parks, wax museums, and a place where you can drive through the middle of a tree. They've seen alligator farms and tarantula ranches, but there's still one thing they got to see, which is the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So I don't know if I'm able to get, if those things exist, if I'm able to get decals, or if I just have to make my own and take a picture where I just can't, see out of the side of the car and just have a bunch of, you know, stickers on a piece of glass or something and, you know, make that photo up just right. to put that in the 
in the trip. A little photoshopping. Because I don't think I don't want to go to a, a tarantula ranch. It doesn't sound like something that I want to visit. But and then you have to decide. You know, being that you have a new car. Yeah. Do you want to? You know, cover. You know what? As I'm saying this, I realize that you would do it. <laughs> if you actually had all the all those details, if I, had them, yeah. I have no doubt that you actually would uh, cover your car in, uh, in these decals if that was something that. Uh, yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll just buy a cheap mirror at Goodwill and then I'll put them on the mirror and then uh, although taking the picture, I'll buy a just get a sheet of glass. I'll go to somebody else's car. <laughs> David just got a car, right? Yeah, you got the decals here. I've actually got his car. See. Is it the red one out there? Yeah. It's pretty fancy looking. Yeah, see the... Uh, pretty shiny. Uh, got home from work, and I was still in the driveway, so they blocked me in, so I stole David's car. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, on the way out, I didn't notice it, but on the way in, I was just like, was that here before? And yeah, it's a, it's a fancy, shiny red car with the chrome and everything. And uh, it's, a, it's a sedan. Of course. I, that's the first thing I noticed was I'm like, that right there is a sedan. Uh, sporty like a coupe, but it's the sedan. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the cell. Right. Yeah. And he got lucky with it because most of those cars don't look quite so sporty and everything. And, yeah. Which is really interesting because... Uh, the reason he got such a great car at such a good deal and everything is he had one previous owner and it was some, some old guy that barely drove it and took really good care of it. Died in it? Quite possibly. Um, they did, did check say, the They trunk? did say that they needed to, it had enough space in that trunk to uh, okay. keep a body. <laughs> um, it does have the emergency release thing so you can't just throw a body in there that's uh, not dead. You have to kill it or else they dead. can escape. And with a red car, the blood, you know, you're not worrying about, you know, trying to get blood off of the side of the car. No. And the interior is pretty dark, so okay. I think it would just uh, blend right in. Yeah. But, yeah, just one previous owner, old guy, took care of it and everything else. Barely drove it, so it's really low miles. And, but it looks like such a sporty little car. Like, it's not just the standard. I mean, it's not the, the best model of, of, the, of that type. But it's definitely got some some extras appearance wise, anyways. So it was some some old guy that wanted to make a statement or something. I don't know. He uh, he's driving around the uh, yeah. the old folks' home, you know, picking up chicks. He had a three quarters of the life crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seven eighths life crisis. Yeah, he couldn't get like a a Corvette or <laughs> something like that. So he, he settled for a. Those are too low for A Dodge him. Avenger. <laughs> Is it called Avenger? Yes. Yeah, that Did was, that one, that, that was one of the selling points, yes. <laughs> kind of like how mine had to be silver? No, he, he liked it. He liked it. And then when he found out that the uh, the model of the car was the Avenger. And that was, it was the like, selling point, yeah, was it? That he, didn't even, he didn't even want to look at anything. <laughs> he always wanted a red car because red's his favorite color. So he found a, a nice, great-looking red car that's also called... The Avenger. It's like a Spider-Man Avenger car. It's yeah. like the Spider-Movie. Kind of, yeah. Speaking of, uh, Tom Holland was just added to the October con that I'm going to. Not your son, Tom Holland, but the real Tom Holland. Well, I don't... To me, my son seems more real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that 
the it, guy on the TV. It's so weird though. Every time I hear him talk, and he's not being Spider-Man, you know, he's got that accent. I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this, who's this Spider-Man impersonator? That, that talking like he's from Queens. He's like, uh, he's, he's like the the British one. You know, he should be the British punk version yeah. of, of Spider-Man. Actually, that's exactly what they should Spider do. Punk. If they should do like a sequel to uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and they have that he could version, voice. he could voice that one. It's, yeah, That'd be, that uh, would be that would be perfect. I'm sure he wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. We wouldn't turn down a couple million dollars. You know, they could try to keep it a surprise, whatever, but it's Tom Holland, so, you know, as soon as he was cast, he would let everybody know. Yeah, yeah, it was spoiled. So, yeah, I'm debating whether I just get a, a updated picture with your son or if I pay for this Tom Holland photo. <laughs> get a picture with David and just have him sign it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, yeah, that would be great. Um <laughs> It would be great to have David meet Tom Holland. You know, I just I could just imagine him being at the con that Tom Holland's at, and like somebody just sees him walking around. And, oh my god, you're a lot taller in person. <laughs> I still think that it's weird that he looks the least like Tom Holland when he wears a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost disappointing because you want to see him in a Spider-Man because it's like, wow, he looks a lot like Tom Holland. You gotta put him in then, a Spider-Man costume. You put him in a Spider-Man costume, and you're like, yeah, looks <laughs> more like Tobey Maguire. Uh, but but that's funny because he he was pretty little when the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were were out because uh, that was like what years were those? I'd have to think. Two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah. See, so so yeah. I, I mean, it's right around the time. I mean, seriously, he has loved Spider-Man. Since he was old enough to see Spider-Man on the TV, uh, watching those movies, whatever he he loved him, you know, it was no problem crawling around when when he was. I mean, I think he was old enough to walk by the time he was doing it, but he loved crawling at that point because he was like doing the not on his hands and knees so much as like the like he was climbing up the side of the building, yeah. but he would just you just see him crawling along the floor pretending he was on the side of a building. It is just last week. And, yeah. <laughs> then he bought that car. <laughs> right. And now he's like crawling over the car. <laughs> it's like, how can I install web shooters into this thing? <laughs> but, yeah, what uh, kind of AI system does he have in there? <laughs> but but he did that. And we went to, uh, I mean, we, he, we get it from a few different people. But the one that stands out is uh, back when they had uh, the King Buffet. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, the place yeah. that got shut down for questionable things that they <laughs> did over there. Uh, we went in there, and the, the lady that always greeted you at the door, yeah, you know, she was like, uh, "You look like," uh, um, and then she's like struggling. Uh, uh, you know, she and she was trying to think of the the actor name, yeah, but but all she could get out was uh, Spider Man, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, and then she was trying to explain, you know, the one in the, the movies, which would was Tobey Maguire. And so when he was really little, he's getting compared to Tobey Maguire. <laughs> now that he's older, he's being compared to Tom Holland. Passed over Andrew Garfield, went straight to Tom <laughs> Holland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see me. See me. Um... <laughs> But you know, it just goes to show that it, you know, maybe it's not that he looks like 
Tobey Maguire or that he looks like Tom Holland. Maybe it's just that he looks like Spider-Man. Although, then when you put him in the Spider-Man costume, you're like, yeah. <laughs> then not so much. Yeah. Although, he, he was wearing, like, the the Tom Holland homemade pajamas-looking <laughs> costume. Oh, yeah, yeah, the homecoming is what, is what he settled on. Because he thought, well, he figured that one might be the most, like, realistic-looking. Because... It wouldn't have to be like a really great quality to pull it off because it's supposed to look like some homemade thing. Uh, but getting it and seeing him in it, he actually looked like he was wearing Spider-Man pajamas. But yeah, I guess uh, whew, at the time, I can't believe we've been talking about Taco Bell this whole time. The whole entire time. This one's for you, Jim. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl.